Come on. Gregory and I just got into it right away as soon as we got on the uh, got on the call. So I wanted to take a minute and give you uh, a little bit of background on Gregory. He is a renowned beauty and wellness expert. He's a TV host. He's a best-selling author nine times over. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. So I bring you Gregory Landsman. I just think since the pandemic has hit, you know, we need good information. And people are looking for good information. Really, how do you make informed decisions? You know, you only know what you know when you know it. That's and when true. we know better, hopefully we do better. Mm. Amen. You know, so that's the... Um, this pandemic, I've, I've never, well, I've never witnessed anything like it just on an emotional level and the impact that it has had on people's lives, you know, stress being one part, but people have, they've really reflected on the way they've been living their lives. And, uh, it, I think it gave all of us an incredible opportunity to reassess to re really reassess who we are and what we are doing with this life that we've been given. So it's been an incredible, it's an incredible journey. It's the first time in 17 years that I've never left Australia um, because I'm normally working in Europe. And it was, an, it really was, it was something that really made me stand still and I've had you know key turning points in my life but uh, 2020 was one one of those turning points and if anything 2020 gave me 2020 vision <laughs> I've not heard very that very clear you know it helped me get very clear about who I am and um, it's a continual it's a con well, it's a continual process that has helped me get clearer and clearer. Yes. So it's um, how did you deal with the pandemic? Um, I, I, we, you and I are reading off the same church music for sure. I, uh, everything you just said, literally, I think a lot of those words. I'm not clever enough to come up with the uh, the 2020 gave you 2020 vision, but. Uh, an opportunity to take a big step back and, and really re-examine how how we're doing things so that, that's certainly what it's been for me as well so yeah it's you know while i hear a lot of people saying i can't wait for it to get back to normal and then i look and i think normal wasn't working you know it wasn't working i i wanted to emerge better um and then last year, I lost my mother very suddenly. And again, it gave me an opportunity to reflect because death always asks me about life. Mm -hmm. Are you living the life you know you're supposed to be living? You know, not the one that you think you should, but the one that you know in the deepest part of your being that you know you are what you're here to do? Are you living this, that life? And so again, it's um, asked me 
to ask myself the hard questions. So it's it's been a, an incredible journey and continues to be one. You know, while I was grieving, I looked around and everyone was grieving. I saw people grieving the loss of businesses and their friendships and their quality of life. And I'd never seen that much grief culturally or and in a community. I hadn't seen it before. So it was um, an incredible t time, really, that made me um, even more passionate about the work that I do. Even what, more passionate about what I do. What have have you made big changes, or what uh, what what changes have you made? I decided that I would really push um, an incredible movement that I started in two thousand and four with um, our educational system. I had gone back to school to. Uh, really look at how a child feels about their their body um, because body dissatisfaction it's a modern day epidemic so I did qualitative research and quantitative research to see where a child's concept of beauty changes between the ages of 7 and 12 and over 90% of our children didn't like their physical bodies between 7 and 12 and, yes wow now, of course, it's increased with social media. You know, we we live filtered lives. Everything has to be picture perfect. And I wrote um, a movie called A Lifetime of Beauty, which explores uh, the concept of beauty. And it's been turned into a book. Uh, and it is on the educational system. It has a program attached to it, Dissolving Differences. But when we're speaking about how do we make changes, and I thought it started with our children, you know, how do we educate our children? And it's not our children, because what is taking place in the playground, it is a microcosm of what is taking place in the world. The cruelty that we see it's a reflection, really, in the playground. That's all it is. And how do we give our children these values? So my pro um, program is called Dissolving Differences because that's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. When I look back on my life, that is where everything started in the playground of my youth, the challenges that I've had right through into my adult life. It started in the playground. Punished because I looked different. I was different. And how do we create a kinder world? And I believe if we can accept our own differences, we can then accept another person's differences. Because we can only give another human being what we have. So I'm really looking at how uh, parents can really get involved um, with this book because what I realized 
many of the parents, their concept of what made a child valuable and beautiful in this world. It was still about what the kid looked like and, you know, the results that they got in school. So we are creating clever kids, but kids who don't feel good about who they are. And you see 12-year-olds taking their lives, uh, 8-year-olds suffering from eating disorders, some horrible things as a result of this concept of what we need to look like to be valued, accepted, and loved. So, you know, those are the things that I um, thought I really wanted to work uh, towards and uh, make a massive commitment to it. Well, I think that that's incredible. You could have learned how to play the guitar, Gregory, but you decided to uh, tackle the biggest problem facing humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a journalist did say to me this couple of years ago, she said, don't you think that's impossible that's an impossible mission to redefine this concept of beauty and i don't believe it is because you know a waterfall starts with one drop and i believe we can all be that drop we can we can be the change that we would like to see and Everyone has the ability. Look, we can't change the world's concept of beauty, but we can change our own so that we can live more peacefully and joyfully with ourselves. So um, that is what this really brought up for me. While I have worked, you know, over 30 years with a philosophy of beauty, um, with everything that I do, the books that I write, even though I will write about how to look after skin, i th- that's my specialty. I should be allowed to take five to ten years off their face just with natural ingredients um, in the foods we eat and how to utilize your breath and sleep effectively. But beyond that, you know, what is the point of looking good if we don't feel good? What is the point of all of this? So, um, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting time, George. Interesting time. No, no doubt about that. Don't you think that's impossible? What a, <clears throat> I don't want to say that was a dumb question, but this probably person hadn't really thought about it all the way through. This is something that I talk a lot and, and think a lot about is that, I mean, there's so many big problems that, that, that we're all aware of and cognizant of. And I think that if you try to eat the elephant with one bite, that you're just, you're, you're not going to be successful. And in fact, yeah. all that you and I can do is what you just described. You tend to the part of your garden that you can reach and you impact the people that you have access to and that are around you. And that has, has, yes. has, has the effect of, you know, if everybody did that, if everybody was more kind and, and compassionate and caring, well, then the world be a far better place. So that's that. That's that's all that you can do, and that's what, from my perspective, um, all that we can ask of ourselves is 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 to do the best we can with what we have. Absolutely, absolutely, and I believe that is how we can change, not only our lives but our world. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, I, I believe it's really possible 
So it's it's fascinating. I, I've been spending a good amount of time just really recently talk, thinking about and then talking about helping kids learn about money. And you could just insert beauty, self-image, and probably healthy eating, really any one of those topics because child's brains are so malleable and, 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 and yes. we're developing these tools and becoming vicious little human beings in the playground in, in, in a lot of times. Um, and that's probably because they're modeling the behavior that the parents have taught them. Um, but let's take a big step back perhaps or forward. Um, what is it, it from you, from your perspective, um, how should we be thinking more about beauty? There are so many ways to think about beauty. And a lot of people ask me why I feel so passionate about this concept of beauty, but inner beauty, finding the truth of who we are. And I was born in South Africa at the height of the apartheid system. And many people say that, you know, the country you are born in shapes your character. In my case, it had broken it down. From as early as I can remember, I knew that the quality of my life was determined by the texture of my hair, the color of my skin, the width of my nose. I knew my physical characteristics determined the quality and freedom of my life. And before I even got to school, I could read on park benches, whites only, what park bench you could sit on, hmm. what public toilet you could use. And the heartbreaking part of all of it was having to watch my mother say to me, could you hold on until we got home? Hmm. That was the beginning of my introduction into this whole concept of what we need to look like to be valued, accepted and loved. By the time I had got to school, beaten and spat on every day because I was different. And something happens to you when you're a child. It eats into the dignity of who you are. And I lost um, my capacity to, to speak. I started to stutter because I didn't believe I had a place in this world. And when we left South Africa, I was 10 years old and uh, my parents came to Australia. Something wonderful happened in this country. I began to heal. And my mother was a, a model. And fast forward, I entered into the beauty industry and ended up at the height of the industry, working with incredible fashion houses and supermodels and I just kept moving and then I opened a cosmetic business and I just kept moving George I just kept moving and it was a very stressful business 
kept doing more and having more and creating more. And one night, I struggled for my breath. I couldn't breathe. And my wife rushed me to the hospital. They put me on the oxygen, got the lungs moving. They said it was stress. And I'd never valued the power of my breath. I didn't even give it much thought until I struggled to take that breath. Hmm. And my wife said to me the, the next morning, she said, you have to make a decision. It's either your health or your wealth. And my whole identity was tied up with what I was doing. Right. And over the months, I closed the business. And I went to India. And I sat in silence for 14 hours a day, focusing only on my breath for weeks. No eye contact, no hand gestures, and no talking, with very little to eat. And in the stillness and the darkness, I had never cried more. I had never cried more. Everything in my body ached. But it was in the silence for the first time that all my insecurities, every, everything that I had been running from came crashing into me. For the first time, I had no distractions. And for the first time, I realized I was still that broken kid trying to validate myself in the world, hoping that my net worth would equate to my self-worth. Right. That I, would a I was able to find a place in the world to validate myself and give myself value. And for the first time, I allowed myself to truly feel everything that I had experienced, everything that I refused to really address. But it was here that I, I would say that I came to an understanding of who I am as a human being. And my greatest challenge, if you said to me, what was your greatest challenge in this lifetime? It was to know my value as a human being. And so when I look back at my whole life, uh, George, on every level, the pain, the hurt, the abuse, I realized that it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Hmm. For me to understand the truth of what made me a beautiful, valuable human being. Because how could I speak to people about insecurity and self-loathing if I never lived, if I never lived it? How would I be able to say to someone, I know what you feel, to dislike the physical body that you're in, if I didn't experience it? And then moving into the beauty industry, I understood 
the fantasy of beauty. I was educated. I look on my life and I think that's what God had given me, an education in the truth of beauty. And in the silence, I allowed myself to feel everything. And that's why I say you've got to feel it in order to heal it. Hmm. And I slowly started to listen really to how I communicated with myself because I was always distracted. I mean, we all are, you know, you've got the phone ring, you've got smells, you've got movement. And then suddenly there are no distractions. And I listened intensely to the way I communicated with myself. And I thought, no words could hurt me more than the ones that I spoke to myself. Hmm. Nothing hurt me more than when I told myself that I wasn't good enough. Nothing had shamed me more than when I told myself that I should be more than what I am. And nothing had left me feeling more hopeless than telling myself that I wasn't valuable enough to be loved. So when I look at this concept of beauty, I can say with so much certainty that the most beautiful aspects of a human being, we don't see with the eyes. We feel this with the heart. It doesn't lie. Beauty doesn't lie in our physical characteristics, but in the heart of our character. And that was a, a turning point for me, a massive turning point. That was almost 30 years ago. And I utilize uh, the acronym of the word beauty. That is my philosophy that, you know, it's in education. It's in all my books. It's on the television. Everything is based on this. And the B is for balance. And that's a balance of inner virtues that radiates outwardly. It's what ultimately shapes not only our beauty, but our lives. And the ease for enthusiasm, to show enthusiasm for who we are and all aspects of who we are. And the A's for acceptance, accepting ourselves as a whole without isolating or fragmenting beauty to certain physical characteristics. And the U is for understanding that when we are born, we are born whole and beautiful. And along the way, we have been educated to doubt what we were given. But if we have the ability to create insecurity, we have the ability to eliminate it. And the T is for trust, learning to trust in who we are and to value what we represent in this world. And the wise for you that you possess beauty if you can see it in a much more expansive way other than just physical. Because beauty isn't about masculinity or femininity. It's about humanity and celebrating the divine differences we can all bring to this world. So when I look back, we all have a story. 
But how that story ends depends on the decisions we make on a day-to-day basis of how we will treat ourselves, how we will love ourselves. That is a term overused. What does loving yourself really mean? For me in my life, it is how do I approach myself with much more compassion? How do I practice more kindness and acceptance in situations where it's so easy to beat myself up? And it's approaching myself much more acceptance and much more kindness. And when people said, oh, did you go to India to find yourself? No. India gave me the opportunity to learn to accept myself. Hmm. Gregory, that is all beautifully said. Gave you the opportunity to find yourself, to accept yourself. I love it. And when we think about accepting ourselves, George, it's easier said than done. But for me, it started with forgiveness. Forgive myself. And forgiveness, you know, it was something that I recalled when I I was um, in India. When my grandfather died, uh, my grandmother had nursed him. And for weeks, weeks, for it was months that he couldn't sleep. And I said to him, Opa, why can't you sleep? And he said, it's sin, my boy. It's all the things I wish I hadn't done and all the things I wish I had. It was weeks later that he closed his eyes and he didn't open them and he didn't speak again. But on this particular day, we were there and my grandmother felt his feet and she said, uh, Greg, I think he's um, dying. Opa's dying. And this was her second husband. But as she was giving him some water, he opened his eyes and he said, Men, I have to ask for your forgiveness. Hmm. And she said, For what, John? And he said, because I have another child. And she said, but why didn't you ever tell me? And he said, because I didn't think you would have me. Do I have your forgiveness? And she said, of course, John, you have my forgiveness. And he closed his eyes and he died. And it was in India where I recalled this, this incident. And for the first time I understood, I replayed this memory and it was, forgiveness does not involve another human being. It involves only you. 
it's for giving you another chance to live without the pain. And I had to practice forgiveness. It was for giving me another chance to live without the pain. So when I look at every day that I wake up and I take a deep breath, I say thank you. Because I have a new day. I have an opportunity to make new decisions. Because I can't change my past. None of us can. But we can make peace with it. We can make peace with it. Gregory, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they? How can people engage with you? I um, have all my books on uh, Amazon, all the major platforms. Or you could go to my website, gregorylandsman.com. And I also have uh, facelifting food apps on the App Store and on Google Play. And that's, you know, foods that reduce um, stress in our life, in our bodies, should I say. And, um, of course, it supports healthy, vibrant-looking skin. And I've also got a free ebook, The Skin's Secret to Looking Younger at Any Age. And, of course, I've got the – it's gregorylandsmantreatments.com, um, Make the Collagen Connection. And it's really how do we take years off our face naturally with our breath, with the way we eat, the way we breathe, and really the way we think and feel about ourselves. I love it. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Gregory your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to GregoryLandsman.com, GregoryLandsmanTreatments.com. And pick up the ebook and pick up all of his books, all of his wonderful books on Amazon. And you can find uh, more information about the apps, I imagine, on the website as well. Thank you again, Gregory. George, thank you for having me on the show. And um, thank you for providing great information to people worldwide um, because that's what we need great information. Because with great information, we can make informed decisions about how we will live this life. So thank you, George. Well, certainly you are welcome. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.